Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome, Cosmic Comrades and Consciousness and Awareness Explorers. Another episode of Awareness Explorers, and one that I think will be fascinating because it really touches upon how we act in our day-to-day lives. We call it how to act in the world without attachment. And it's something I've been looking at recently and something that I think, uh, Brian, that we're going to have a good discussion when I think, uh, or when I say acting in the world without attachment, what comes up for you? Well, I'm not sure about how to define attachment in this sense. Do you mean without attachment to the things of the world, worldly things like um, possessions, relationships, uh, success in the world? Is that what you talk about when you talk about attachment? Uh, Partly, I I think of it, you know, part of the reason we're doing this is we were talking about the Bhagavad Gita, which is the Bible for Hindus, basically. And it's all about how this man, Arjuna, can act in a way that is fully engaged in the world. In fact, in this case, he's in a war. But do it in a way where he's not concerned with how it goes. You know, so imagine acting in your career in a way that you're trying to do it impeccably, but at the same time, you're not concerned with how it goes or how to be in a relationship where you're trying to be as loving and honest as possible, but then you surrender how it goes. It's not up to you. And that's a way of finding peace, but it is actually very hard to do unless you have some good philosophy or good methods that might help you to have that experience? Well, I can speak for being in the arts that a lot of people in the arts, particularly in the performing arts, put an emphasis on the process and let go of the outcome. Of course, not everyone can let go of the outcome. Plenty of people in the arts are concerned about how they're going to be viewed by the public. But many people feel that Really, the joy and the richness is involved in the process of creation and not necessarily in the success or the commercial success of the outcome. And I think that that actually creates better art that way. And sometimes it actually creates art that is successful commercially. Yeah, that's a, in a way, those attitudes are a method or a technique for helping one to have this experience, you know, focusing on the process, focusing on the joy of creation, which is not what our culture or our Western culture teaches us. It teaches us that what's important is whether you won or lost, whether you made the money, whether you got the relationship or not. And the whole process is pretty much eliminated. And this brings us to an even larger point in a way, which is 
trying to find that balance between, say, working on yourself and being part of the process and also trying to get results. You know, uh, when I interviewed a lot of spiritual leaders, I asked them what the purpose of human life was. And of the 40 people I interviewed, pretty much they all said the same thing, which was our purpose is to first find peace and then from our peace and connection to something higher within to go about and serve the world and people. And of course, both of those are hard, but it brought up the question is, how do you make that balance? How much do you spend time focusing on, I'm just you know, trying to come from a good place versus I'm actually trying to get something done? Mm. Well, actually, I have two reactions to that. One is that this brings us back to the very crucial and central point of, I think, the best of spiritual practices, which is living in the present moment as opposed to the past and the future, in this case, particularly the future. When your mind is totally wrapped up in the future, you're actually living in a virtual reality, and you're not actually experiencing life and existence as it is right now. And the present moment is the only thing that there is. There is no such thing as future, and there's no such thing as past. It's all mind stuff. It's all virtual reality. Real reality is right now. And the other point that it brings up is that if we really want to have a positive effect in the world, we're better off if we know peace within ourselves. If we allow things to be exactly as they are, just for the moment, just for the time being, then we're living in the present. And it doesn't mean that you can't then go and affect changes in the world, but you're affecting them from a place of acceptance and love as opposed to a place of everything other than me is wrong, or even including me, is wrong or bad and needs to be fixed. Yeah, that, that's an ideal. If you can do that and passionately act in the world, that's even better. What I see happen is a lot of, quote, spiritual folk, they just kind of say, well, I'm just going to work on myself and meditate and, you know, the world will do whatever it does. And to me, that always looks a little bit like a excuse or a rationalization. And then you have the other people who say, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to do all this stuff. Uh, you know, there's people dying out there. There's uh, our, our political crisis is getting worse. Our environmental crisis is horrible. So you get the, you know, extremes, the peaceful meditators and the self-righteous, upset actors. And both of those kind of have their own groups, but it's very hard to meet in the middle to try to peacefully act in the world. I know, like, for example, we have a, a current political mess in Washington. And every now and then I try to do something to, you know, put in my two cents worth, whether write a check or go to a demonstration or, or you know, whatever. And I get caught up in self-righteousness. And I get caught up in 
you know, just being angry. So I really can't do it. But it's an interesting practice to try to do it. And I've gotten better over the years of, well, I'm just showing up at this rally and, you know, have a good time, connect, show up, knowing that probably won't do anything, but, you know, just breathe through the experience and do what you can do. But that's a very, very difficult place, a very razor's edge place to be. Yes, it's very challenging, particularly in the political arena. And you're right. These are extremes. These are two extremes that you described. And there really is, I think, a a middle way. Uh, We talk a lot about awareness on this program. And when you really know yourself as awareness, which is a choiceless, open, clear field that allows things to be as they are, you see that your very nature is awareness. And when you see that it's identical to the awareness that's looking out of other people's eyes, you see that at the very least, your true nature is identical to others' true nature. And therefore, you're the same as other people. Now, the next step is, how do you take that knowledge of the identity, the connection, the the lack of separation between you and other people, and take that into the world and see things through each other's eyes so that you're not coming from a place of hostility or a place of blame. You're coming from a place of love, and then you can actually act in the world and be effective because you are acting, you're bringing the knowledge that you gained from spiritual introspection into the outside world and applying it to that. Yeah, this is definitely the advanced course, you know. <laughs> yes, For, yes. First, you have to find a firm uh, peace, and then you're, you're testing that peace in the fire-hot cauldron of politics or relationships or money. And mm. it really tests how it can, it's kind of like a way to take your spiritual temperature you know, because it's easy to feel peace if you're in Hawaii meditating with a margarita. Whether you can do it in the face of a relationship or a work situation or a political situation is really the test of how much peace you have and how strong it is. And it's often humbling. Uh, I think a lot of people avoid those situations because it just burns them out or they realize that they can't do it. But I think the effort is a little bit like a gymnasium where you're working at, you're working it out, you know, letting go of the self-righteousness, letting go of, of how it turns out, you know, in uh, I'm exploring a, a new friendship with somebody. I don't know how it's going to go. And I see parts of me are always trying to manipulate the situation to get them to like me to get them to uh, wind it to go a certain way. And I find myself continuously saying, well, I don't really know what's best here. So I'm going to just be honest and surrender how it goes. And I think that attitude of, well, I don't really know what's best. I mean, even in the political arena, we ultimately don't know what's best. 
and we don't know what's best for us spiritually, but we always act like we are positive. And this, this humble attitude of like, okay, I'm just going to be myself, be as present as possible and surrender because I don't know what's down the road and, and trust that if I do that, the most peace will be gained within me and probably even the best results in the outer world. Yes, it reminds me of the Zen concept of don't know mind. Yeah. We really don't know what we think we know. And our minds are not the best gauge of reality and, and truth. And so when we sort of give our minds a little less credence or a little less attention and look into our hearts and look into our awareness, then it's a little bit closer and we see that everything actually appears in awareness. And of course, I always come back to that, but I think that's the way to be, as the saying goes, be the peace itself. Or some people say, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm. That, just like you mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita, you, you act and then you let go of the outcome. You let go of the final result. You're just acting out of love. You're acting knowing that this oneness that exists is true of everybody and everything, and it sort of acts as a guide. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to act, or if you don't know how to deal with a person, instead of saying, well, how, what can I change about this situation? What do I need to fix about this situation? You simply look back and notice the background of awareness that this situation is appearing in. Then the Everything changes when you do that. The way you deal with another person automatically just comes to you. The right thing to do just comes to you. And it's usually something that's based on caring or love or at least the knowledge that you're not better or different from the other person. Yes, and to do that requires, the first step of doing that requires that we let go of our agenda of how it should turn out. That's right. And, and allow things to be as they are. And as you say, connect with the background of awareness. So you're, you're switching channels from a world of manipulation and control to a world of allowing and taking in the process and the wisdom that comes from surrender. Yes, it's very tricky, but it actually can be done. Yeah, yeah. And those moments that we've done it are are sacred. I have a, a story from a book called How Can I Help that was written by Ram Dass, which is really all about this subject. But he has a, a very powerful story here based on a guy who was trying to do smallpox vaccinations in India. And this one family was resisting it because they thought that, you know, God decides who lives and dies. But the vaccinators wanted to vaccinate them, you know, so that smallpox wouldn't be in India. Anyways, so they 
these vaccinators actually rush his house in the middle of the night and forcefully tackle his entire family and inject him and their family with the smallpox vaccine. Pretty intense. And this is what happened afterwards. So they all get vaccinated after being forcefully restrained in the middle of the night. And the man of the house responds by saying these words. My religious duty is to surrender to God's will. Only God can decide who gets sickness and who dies. It is my duty to resist your interference with his will. We must resist your needles. We would die resisting if that were necessary. My family and I have not yielded. We have done our duty. We can be proud of being firm in our faith. It is not a sin to be overpowered by so many strangers in the middle of the night. Daily, you have come and told me it's your duty to prevent this disease with your needles. We have sent you away. Tonight, you have used force. You say you act in accordance with your duty, and I have acted in accordance with mine. It is over. God will decide. Now I find you are guests in my house. It is my duty to feed and take care of guests. I have very little to offer at this time. All I have is this one cucumber, which I offer to you. Then the person reporting the story says, I felt numb and torn. For an instant, I wondered if I was on the wrong side. This man was so firm in his faith, yet there was not a trace of anger in his words. So that's an example of somebody who, you know, is acting and then surrendering. And a powerful story for what's possible when, when people are, are truly aligned with that reality. Acting and surrendering. Every day when I watch the news, I get a little chance of doing this. It's like a little meditation. <laughs> you know, I, I watch the news. I feel the pain, like say what we're doing to our environment. And then I try not to come up with some stupid rationalization. Oh, it's all for the best or, you know, or get into self-righteousness or whatever it is. And then I try to be present and I see if there's anything I'm called to do. Usually there isn't. Sometimes it's even like this. This could be my reaction to, to that, you know, how to, how to bring more awareness into the world. And uh, then surrender to what's happening, allow it to be there, and to avoid the despair, self-righteousness, and all the other things that can come up from being part of that arena. Right. It's you know, very I think, tricky when you watch the news to do that. It's very <laughs> challenging. <laughs> it's a daily meditation. Yes, it's a daily struggle. And, and it's a good practice to see if you can watch the news with a sense of peace and allowing. Um, and I think there's an important point here, though, that I, I want to make, that certainly when I talk about a practice that will 
help you to know your true nature as pure love and awareness. And that that practice includes allowing everything to be as it is. I'm talking about during the practice. I'm talking about while you're meditating. I'm talking about while you're sitting quietly. That's when you allow everything to be as it is. That's when you let go of the strategies to prevent certain emotions. That's when you let go of the strategies to fix yourself in the world. That's when you allow everything to be as it is, including yourself, your mind, your emotions, and the world. And you practice that during times of meditation. You practice that during times of quiet. It doesn't mean that at other times you do nothing. If you yeah. saw a child fall into a river and drown, you could say, well, it's God's will that that child fell into the river and drowned. Or you could say, well, it's God's will that that child fell into a river in the sight of an able-bodied adult who can swim. And then you can jump in and save the child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And finding that balance that works for you so you don't get bent out of shape and you don't avoid the world is really part of the spiritual path where we're using the world as grist for the mill to see where we're at and to try to bring our peacefulness and awareness into the world in a way that is helpful without losing our sense of peace and being honest with yourself as to how much you can do that. <laughs> That's also tricky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We think we can do it more easily than we can. And then we get challenged by everything that we think is wrong with ourselves or the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Ram Dass's guru was a guy named Neem Karoli Baba. And uh, he had a conversation with Ram Dass where he was saying, you know, you need to meditate more. You need to work on yourself, you know, become more pure. And uh, so he would have that conversation with Ram Dass. And then the next day he would say, what are you doing here? You should be feeding people. You know, there's people who are hungry out there. He'd go back and forth. And, mm -hmm. and finally, Ram Dass got the picture that it's not one or the other. It's trying to integrate them both. And I think it's a helpful thing to see where people fall on that working on oneself versus service spectrum. And I see a lot of people who are so focused on helping others that it looks like they're actually doing damage because where they're coming from is all wrong and they're not very aware, so they end up actually doing things that are, are not very good. They bring more self-righteousness, or they give people wrong advice, or whatever. And then I see the other side where people are, you know, just trying to be pure and avoid the world, and they're not doing what they could be doing. So whatever side you gravitate towards, I think it's best to, like, push yourself towards the other side of that spectrum. And for me, I spend many years working on myself, and now I'm trying to do more service. And, and it's definitely a challenge, but there's something about it that feels good. Yes, it, it does feel good. It, it actually feels good to 
be of service, to help others. Um, but just as you said, it really depends on where you're coming from. When you come from a sense of self-righteousness and my way is the only way and you're always wrong, then it's almost a form of violence. Mm -hmm. But when you're coming from the point of view of you and I are essentially the same, we are essentially one, how could you not respond to pain in others with assistance? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I think we have our work cut out for us, <laughs> finding that balance, being of service, and working on ourselves, and bringing the piece of awareness into situations so that we can see what's needed without getting all bent out of shape. <laughs> Good way of putting it. So along these lines, I created a guided meditation. I actually wrote it for me because I figured times when I am trying to act as purely as possible without getting caught up in manipulation and self-righteousness, I might need some added boost or help or reminder. And so I wrote up a guided meditation to help me do that. And I'm hoping it is of service to other people in a similar situation. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. So make yourself comfortable. And in this meditation, we're going to point our consciousness in the direction of what it's like to act passionately in the world. But at the same time, being unattached to how things turn out. So get comfortable and take a couple of deep breaths. Close your eyes if you can. This combination of acting passionately while being unattached to how things turn out is not only what the Bhagavad Gita is about, it's also a time-tested way to create magical results and find inner peace. So the first step in this process is to think of something that you really want to have happen. It could be something in, a, in relationship to money or politics or your health or even a relationship. So think of something you want to have happen in your life. Just choose one thing. And once you have something in mind that you'd like to have happen, imagine it happening. And from deep within you, powerfully intend for it to go the way you want. Visualize or feel or intend this situation to move in a direction 
that you want or feel is beneficial. Imagine that through sheer force of will, you can help make this happen. Good. Now realize that as a small human being, you don't necessarily know what's best to have happen. A friend of mine once was very upset he missed his plane and then found out that the plane crashed. Ultimately, we don't know what's best in the long term, either for us or others. Therefore, allow a space inside yourself to say, I don't necessarily know what's best. So I have faith that things will turn out in accordance with a higher plan. I let go. Surrender thinking you know what's best and thereby allow whatever happens to happen. Give whatever happens in this situation completely over to your higher power. Just surrender it. And notice how that feels. Now picture or imagine the situation you had just thought of before turning out very differently than you had hoped and intended. Could you be okay with that? Imagine things going differently than you had hoped and being fully okay with it, unattached, surrendered. Allowing the results to be exactly as they are, knowing that's going just the way it should. In response to this attitude, you feel peaceful and relaxed. Perhaps something even better than what you had intended will eventually show up. So just let things be just as they are, even if you had hoped they'd be different. Feel the peace and expansiveness of non-attachment, of letting go, of surrendering the fruits of your actions in the world. In a certain way, having no preference Awareness has no preferences. It just is. 
Awareness does not try to manipulate or control. It just watches. Allow yourself to feel the peace of surrender, not knowing, and not having any preference for how things go in the situation you were thinking of, or even right now. Having no preference for whether your mind is busy or not, or how this upcoming day goes as you let go into the background of awareness. And when you're ready to play your part in the grand scheme of life from a peaceful, surrendered place, slowly begin to move your body and then very, very slowly come back to feeling your body in this moment and very gently beginning to open your eyes. So that can be a useful meditation when we get caught up to bring ourselves back to that place of letting go. Even though we've had intention and we know what we want, we do it with humility, knowing that we don't know it's best and that we will surrender while acting in the world. How was that for you, Brian? Well, I thought that was an excellent meditation with so many rich and interesting points, awareness, surrender, humility, and acting. There's a lot of balances to maintain. There are a lot of balances, and that's why I do think this is one of the more challenging but very fruitful guided meditations that we've had. And I'm so glad that, uh, that you shared that with us. I think it's terrific. I do think that when we have an outcome that we really desire with all of our heart, we do the best that we can to bring that about. And one of the ways that helps bring that about is to visualize the outcome mm -hmm. turning out as we hope. And it's so wise to remind us that that outcome that we visualize may not actually be the ultimate best outcome. And the humility to know that we don't necessarily know what the best outcome will be. So it's fascinating, rich, and quite a challenge. Yep, yep. And I know I have an intention to uh, have more people listen to the podcast, but ultimately I don't know what's best, but I will mention that <laughs> we do have uh, now all these meditations on awarenessexplorers.com and 
course, tell your friends, family, and and please keep listening. And we also do awareness coaching, you and I, if people are interested in that, they can uh, see that on our website as well. Anything you want to add as final words? I don't think so, other than to say that I really don't know how this is going to land, how this is going to affect people. And I'm going to see what I can do about letting go of the results. But I certainly enjoyed the process of putting it out there. Yeah, I appreciate what you said about process and creation. And and whether it be in money or relationships or politics, we certainly get a lot of practice at this. So it's a (laughs) wonderful dynamic to be aware of and to explore. And luckily... You are here on Awareness Explorers, so I assume all you people listening are explorers. We really appreciate you. Feel free to email Brian or I, and we're honored by you being willing to listen to us. And of course, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And we'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.